morning. Welcome to Family Life. Becky, find a seat. <laughs> Let's go ahead and stand this morning. <laughs> Great to see you all here. Um, we're going to start this morning with a new song, new to this body anyway. You might probably heard it on the radio or something, but um, I just love this song because of the words to it. It says, Perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing, but this joy is mine. And I thought when I heard that, you know, we're the only ones on the earth that get to speak words to our Father. You know, I know that the birds sing and the trees blow in the wind and all of that, but we get to speak words to our Father. This joy is ours that we get to do that. And then the verse 2 says, There isn't time enough to sing of all you've done, but I have eternity to try have eternity all my life and beyond this life just to get to worship my father just to give back to him all that he's given to me just in my worship in my song so we're going to sing this song this morning before that let's just pray and welcome your presence here this morning god <clears throat> thank you god that when we gather you choose together with us lord you choose to come and listen as we sing and we, we praise you with our voices and so i pray god that you would just be um be honored here today, God. Let us bring a smile to your face, God, as we try. God, we try to sing um, and just glorify you with our lives, God. Let us not take for granted this opportunity to just spend time worshiping you with our brothers and sisters. Have your way here today, Jesus. Amen. rocks cry out to worship His glory taught the stars to shine Perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing But this joy is mine With a thousand hallelujahs Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand. Who else would die for our redemption? His resurrection means Jesus, this song is forever yours. 
You high, we lift you high. 
Say 
think some of us are kind of in a weird stage right now. I know I am. And I think our tendency sometimes is to ask why. Why am I in this stage right now? And a couple of weeks ago, God was just really stirring in my heart to read over Job again. I can remember as a teenager, Job was one that I didn't want to read. I didn't like it, you know. But what a source of comfort Job can be. And as I read over it again this time, what I noticed the most was there are a lot of chapters asking why. Whether it's Job or whether it's his friends, you know. But there's a lot of chapters of why. Why is this going on? Why is this happening? What did you do? And I know that there are some times that we do have to ask, like, well, have I done something? Is there an open door? Why is this happening? Why is this going on for so long, you know? But not always. Sometimes we're asking why just because we're weary. We don't need to be. So... Job's friends are saying, are you sure you haven't done something? You know, he's like, no, I haven't done anything. Are you sure you must have done something? Because this is how God works. He, he gives good things to the ones that are doing good, and he punishes the ones that are doing bad things. And they go on and on and on for like 30 chapters of this. And at the very end, when God finally speaks up, says what your friends said about me your three friends that wasn't right I'm not happy about that because what they said was not right as what my servant Job has said he says that twice he says your friends have not said what is right about me as Job has said okay and then the thing that I found really interesting is does he just go ahead and say okay Job here's what was going on Satan came, he's roaming the earth looking for people um, that are doing whatever. And God says, what about Job? He's like, ah, Job, the only reason he does what's right is because you're so good to him. You take all that good stuff away and he'll turn his back on you. God says, actually, he doesn't even defend it. But he defends it with, okay, go ahead and find out. And so at the very end of Job, God doesn't say, here's what was happening, here's why. He doesn't tell him that. He doesn't get to know why. But God was defending him. He was defending his loyalty. We'll go ahead, we'll see if Job passes this test. Some people think God doesn't test, and whatever the case is, God gave permission for Saint to test him, okay? He was being tested. And so I was thinking about this. All the time I spend, have I done something wrong? Why is this still happening? It's been a long time. Have I done something wrong? Is there some open door? I spend all this time asking why. You know, not all the time. Sometimes I'm on my game, but when you get weary 
it's hard not to ask why sometimes. Okay? But I thought about it and I thought, why not, Katrina? Just treat it like it's a test. What's it going to hurt? I want to pass this test. I want to pass it not out of my own works and my own, I'm going to do this, but with my trust. Because I know your character, God. And I know that you're good. And I know that you're not just not paying attention to me right now. You haven't forgotten about me. You are good. I know your character. And I'm not going to turn my back on you. Just because it doesn't look so good. And I'm getting a little weary. I don't want to spend 30 chapters of my life asking why. So, if you're in that spot right now and you're being tempted to ask, why, God? I just want to challenge you to treat it like it's a test. A test that you want to pass. Because, is it Paul that said, I don't remember if it was Solomon or whatever, but the race isn't always to the swift. Sometimes it's to the ones who stumbled. Sometimes it's to the slow of speech. Sometimes it's to the crippled. Sometimes it's to the brokenhearted. I don't know where you guys are at, but just... natural for us to kind of slide on into this place that's like false security. You know what I mean? We want to go to this little safe place like, oh, my finances are really bad. I'm going to stop tithing. It's so easy for us to go to this place where we feel like it's safer. And I just want to challenge you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Pass the test, no matter how long it's been. No matter how hard it's getting and it's not looking up, it's actually getting worse. Keep trusting him because he is worth it and he's good and really what other choice have you got that's better he is good it's not a question of whether he's good ever ever he is good he loves you he loves you you're going through some stuff but he really 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 loves you don't doubt it okay all right lord thank you for your word Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your loving kindness, your compassion. Thank you, Jesus, that you went to the cross willingly. That you proved your love to us in every way you possibly could. May we never doubt it, even in our weakest moment, on our worst day. May we never doubt how big your love is for your children. Lord, to the ones that are not currently passing the test, I know of some ones that have said that their heart was for you and they're turning back. They're weary. Help them, God. Remind them. Help them to get back up to keep coming to you no matter how many times they fall, to come back. Help them, Lord. 
Lord, help us to keep on doing good and not become weary in doing good. To keep reaching for those hands that are grasping for you that just need a little bit of help, Lord. Help us to stay strong so that we can help the weak, Lord. We want to finish this race. We want to run with everything we've got because you're worth it. You're worth it. We won't forget what you've done. We won't turn our back on you no matter what. We lift your name high above every name. Jesus. It's in Jesus' name I pray. I like that when we said that um, sometimes we ask the question, why? ourselves, you know, like what we're doing wrong, what we've done wrong, what is out of balance in our lives or what's going on. And, and what if, what if sometimes it's really just nothing more than an opportunity to really shine for God, to do something great for him. I'd like to just linger in this moment just a little bit longer and um, see. So let's just posture our hearts to just receive from God. You want to close your eyes and just silence out all the distraction and all the noise. Father, we just draw our hearts to you. Focus our attention on you and our affection. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you. Come on, we love you, God. We love you, God. Past all the noise, past all the, the distraction and the fluff, God, we love you. We love you, God. We love you because we're good and great, but because you're good and you're great. We love you, God. We love you. We love you, God. We love you. God, there's some mighty outpourings that you're doing right now in this time. And we're seeing revival and we're seeing a move upon a generation right now in this season. And, and Father, as your church, we don't want to just come in and punch, in, punch out. But Father, we pray whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do in our lives, God. Not just in this moment, in this room, but Lord, in our lives. Completely surrender to you. Father, whatever you want to say, and whatever you want to do. God, I pray for those who uh, are going through things, they're, they're, they're hurting. I pray bring healing. God, those that are going through life and wondering, they have, they have this, this, this sense of destiny, this sense of purpose, but they don't know what it is. Lord, I pray bring clarity. Bring clarity, God. I pray yeah. Thank you, Father, for that. Father, I pray there be such a, a clarity over the, 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 the wondering of what's next, asking the question, what do I do with my life? What do I do next? I pray, God, bring clarity, bring clarity. And Father, whatever it would be, a step out in radical obedience, or just a step in the direction that's a slight deviation from the path that we've known, Lord, and just we want to know you. We want to walk with you. We want to live our lives for you. Father, I pray that you would so permeate our lives and our thoughts, so permeate, Lord, our, our minds, our hearts, God, that, that Lord, that, that you really are our focus and our everything. And we go through things in this life, but, Lord, you're more than enough. 
Father, we go through this life with this, this desire to make an impact and make a difference. And if that's not where we're at, God, I pray, blow on us, Lord. Come blow on us. God, reestablish that sense of destiny and purpose. God, those fire, that, 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 those embers, Lord, burn once again in our hearts. Thank you, Father. I pray that you raise us up to be the fathers, the husbands that we're, we're supposed to be and called to be, the wives, yeah, the mothers. Father, walking in destiny and purpose and confidence because we know that you're with us. And we're not just barely squeaking by, but Lord, we're going through this life with a holy confidence. We'll step onto the battlefield knowing that the giant is already defeated. It is not in our steady aim. It's not in our skill, but Lord, it's in your power. It's really your spirit, Lord, that conquers the most difficult and impossible of things before us. And God, thank you that you're more than enough. Now, Father, I pray that there be a, like a blanket of peace, rest on your church, rest on your children, that it's just whatever we're facing, whatever we're going, it's going to be okay. Over our marriages, over finances, over uh, destinies. It's going to be okay. And more than okay, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So step into that and walk into that even now, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your promise, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your plan that really is good that you have for each one of us, each and every single one of us, Lord. You have that plan. It's a good plan to prosper us. Yeah, God. It's actually not just in one place, but uh, um, has anybody seen that with uh, Asbury University? Seen that online? There's some some things that's going on where there's just like hunger, man, being stirred, and and uh, and and there's like not just that wasn't the only place, but there were a few other places. And I wish I could have. I don't even know who shared it, but there was another post that they referred to that. But they also talked about uh, several other places throughout all over the the really it was in the United States. Not that it's contained to the United States, but 
But man, there's things that God is doing that's like resulting in repentance, salvations, resulting in uh, restoration and healings. And I mean, I just, it's, it's exciting to see and get to be a part of. And, and you know, I remember different seasons in life whenever we see that kind of stuff happen. I remember, anybody remember the Brownsville revival? Remember that? Pensacola, Florida. And um, I was back in 1994, and I think that that revival lasted for how long? Several years it lasted. I mean, and they were like, I think they, they met about six days a week, I believe, and uh, maybe more, maybe less at times. I don't know. But it was a, I mean, the police would bring people to, to that, that, that place where the move of God was happening. They would set out on the property, and they would just fall under that. It was a glory of God. It wasn't just like this uh, charismatic emotionalism and stuff. It was like a genuine move of God. Where people were being transformed, man, and um, and just like, God, would you do it again? Would you do it again? And uh, and we see we see him doing things, man, and it's like it's exciting, and and just as much as if it's happening here, and the excitement that we would have as his kids, as his children, so even so, that we could have that same exuberance and excitement for those over in Kentucky at that university. For, uh, there's one, I think, down in, in Florida, another one, I believe, and then in Texas, and, and it's just all over the place where God is moving in ways that's just undeniable, drawing people to him. And, uh, and I believe the one in Asbury, correct me if I'm wrong, because others know more about it, but uh, I believe it's like 24-7, is that right? Like, it's just going constantly. Like, they're, they're not stopping. I mean, they have other people that come in, maybe other, you know, groups and teams, and I'm, but it's like packed staying packed and it's just like that's that you can't that's not because somebody that's not emotionalism at that point you know that's tired people that are moving past that to be hungry and go after God and and so really exciting things and uh but I remember looking at those things and thinking God I just especially when the Brownsville revival was going I, I wanted that so bad to happen here and uh and there's nothing that's like and necessarily wrong with that but uh I think there's a lot that's right with that, I believe. But there, is, there are things that God is doing uh, in, in our community and in our church and, uh, and things that we're going to talk about today that really just, it doesn't make me like in the least bit like jealous or, or longing for something that I don't see happening here. Man, I see God doing stuff like every single week he's doing things. And, uh, and it's really exciting. And we're going to share about that in just a moment. But it's uh, things in regards to the shelter things over at Grace Church and with Grace Church, things at the community. And, uh, you know, it's just, you, you can know you're on track sometimes whenever opposition comes. And, uh, and it could really serve as confirmation. It doesn't have to be anything that just drives us away. So, so we'll get into that. We'll go ahead and dismiss the children for Children's Church. And uh, is it Amanda and Caitlin? Thank you guys for ministering to the kiddos. These kiddos are awesome, man. <laughs> the grandma said, amen. <laughs> and the parents were like, man. Nah. No. They are. They're awesome. A couple of announcements for... Uh, um, oh. Let's see who gets it first. I probably wouldn't even be set up for it. I'll just let you have it, brother. A couple of announcements so that we know. Um, we have the women's growth group coming up this Tuesday. 
at 4.30. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, the women's growth group, we're going to give you guys a night out. <laughs> um, I was talking to Katrina about this uh, earlier this week, and I was like, hey, that falls on Valentine's Day. Do you still want to do that women's growth group, that women's uh, meeting at your house? And, uh, and, she, and I knew that if she said no, I was like, oh my gosh, the pressure on us men to really, like, I mean, we really got to do something that night. But now we don't. We're off the hook. There's a women's growth group. And that's our gift as a church to you men who don't have anything, any plans, any ideas. And, um, no, but um, that's only at 4.30, so the evening is still open. So the women's growth group, that's uh, Tuesday at 4.30 at, at Katrina Bowers' house. Also coming up, we have the youth encounter. That's this Friday and Saturday. And so if you're a youth aged, that is grades 6 through 12. If you are interested in, in um, being a part of that, just see Julie and, uh, and, and let her know, or you could see me, that's fine. But it's going to be Friday from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., and then Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., and that'll be at Kingdom Seed Ministry. There's no cost, and so free is good, and uh, there will even be some, uh, some food there, too. So that'll be a really good time for our youth to uh, press into God. And so how many do we have signed up right now? 16? Okay, I'm a preacher. I just heard 60. No, it's 16. So there's 16 that's signed up right now, and, uh, and there, there may be a few others that are going to be, I think, this, this week coming in, but, um, but that's really exciting. 16 is that's what's up. Um, also, we have a very special meeting coming up February 20th. Uh, that's a Monday at 6 p.m. is when the meeting will be. It'll be at our house, and we're going to discuss the possibility of joining together with Grace Community Church, okay? Not forever. That's what somebody asked me, forever? And uh, no, not forever. We're waiting for heaven for that part. But, uh, but we're going to talk about the possibility of coming together with them and uh, as we continue to build. We're building the shelter out west, and the plan is whenever that gets done that we would go out there and meet and, uh, and have service in, in the shelter there. But with the shelter over there at Grace, it makes a lot of sense, and it would make a lot of things easier for us to just meet over there. And so, you know, this last Sunday, we were at Grace, and, uh, and I thought it was a really just a wonderful time. And, uh, and so we're just uh, wanting to gather some input, get some uh, questions uh, thrown out there. And, uh, and so um, it's not just uh, uh, about an idea that one person has. We want to gather uh, input from the church family. So, so we're going to have that meeting and uh, again, that's going to be Monday, February 20th at our house at 6 p.m. <clears throat> if you don't show up, I don't care what you think. No. no, if you don't show up, make sure that if you have questions that you ask them before because we want to make sure that we cover all of that stuff. And, <clears throat> and, uh, and this is not a for sure thing. We're really having a meeting for the purpose of gathering input and thoughts and things. And so, uh, so and, and all the stuff that we could think to answer and and be ready to, to throw out there, like, you know, well, who's going to preach? Because Jason ain't no better preacher than you can. You're a way better preacher, and you're way better looking. I know, I know, I get it. And we're going to figure out the answer to those questions. <laughs> nobody, when nobody laughs when I'm joking, it makes me feel like I'm going to get struck by lightning. I'm joking, man. Can't he grow a mustache and beard, though? That bro, man, what? If I had his mustache and beard and Greg's voice, what? If I had those two things going for me, man, who knows? Man, 
We'd be like, I'd go out there to the property and I'd say, shelter, be built. Boom, it'd be done. <laughs> so that's, that's coming up. Also, another thing that's coming up is the uh, second annual Kids Cooking for the Homeless. And that's going to be Saturday, March 18th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And uh, we are looking for volunteers to help out with this event. Um, this is a very uh, helpful, fruitful event for us. And, uh, and we need to um, um, understand that there are parts of what we do with the shelter that this here just goes towards. And so whenever we talk about pleading the cause of the poor in the scriptures and Proverbs, when it talks about that, pleading the cause of the poor and how God loves that, he loves that. Um, part of that is this kind of stuff here. We're not doing this so that we can just be busy on a Friday and a Saturday at the high school to um, just you know, make cute kids look cuter because they have chef hats on and stuff. Um, but, uh, but it's really for a purpose to see people in the shelter continually raised up, all of those that, you know, come through. And uh, as of right now, today, unless, unless my number is a little outdated, there's been 60, at least 60 people who've come through for the shelter. And so that was just a couple days over a month ago. And so there's such a great need in our community. Many have gone through to, to get places to stay. Many have gotten jobs and IDs and re, like restored to their families. And I mean, a lot of really good things that we see through the shelter. We'll talk about some of that stuff in a moment. But, um, but that, that Kids Cooking for the Homeless event is coming up. And we have some different meeting dates. Um, do you know when the next one is? February 21st um, at 6 p.m. That's a Tuesday, I believe. And uh, that'll be the next meeting. We have these meetings over at Grace. And, uh, and so if you're able to help us out, we would appreciate it. Um, and see Julie, see me, if you're willing to help out. <clears throat> if you talk to either one of us after church, we're going to sign you up. Even if it's just saying hi, we're going to sign. That's going to be our clue that you want to help out. And so we're going to block the doors and we'll just say hi to everyone on the way. So, so just so that you know, let me share some numbers with you in regards to that, that fundraiser. Um, we had, I think it was around 500... I think it was a little over 500 people that came through um, to that one event. And that was, that was whenever there was another event going on uh, in the community. And, uh, and so, you know, there could have been even more. I'm, I'm confident of that. Um, we had about 70 chefs, 70 uh, kid chefs. And um, um, we had a, you have like your, your, your auction stuff and all of the typical things you do at a fundraiser. We raised $136,000 for that, which that sounds like, wow, man, you could build anything with that. Not today. You can't. You cannot build anything today with that. But, uh, but you know, it does help. It goes a long way. And, uh, and so uh, the, the project that we're working out there, on out there because of code stuff, all of the different guidelines and, you know, whenever you have people staying in a building like a shelter, you have to abide by different regulations or more strict regulations. And so, uh, so that's a $1.3 million project, okay? And like I said before, it's not because we have gold toilets out there. It's not because we have some kind of elaborate industrial kitchen and, and all the fancy stuff that, I mean, we have a lot of stuff that's been donated, but that's, that's just what it costs. And, uh, and so, sorry if you're looking to build a house in our day right now. 
But that is going on, and, uh, and we're really excited about that. It's coming up again March 18th, and we have a series of meetings, I think three more, three or four more meetings before that event. And if you could help out in any way, we would appreciate it. We're selling tickets. We're gathering items for um, uh, auction, gathering items for raffling off, and uh, um, sponsors. Somebody here wants to donate money, like a blank check or something. That would be awesome. Sam, get on it, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Just bless. <laughs> Do what? Hi. Ah, signed up. Sweet. Could I interest you in being an auctioneer? <laughs> uh, so, so we have a lot of exciting things that's coming up. Guys, I want to talk this morning. I just, some people may think that, like, I don't have enough to talk about. And uh, let me just show you. This, this, I don't write every message in manuscript form, okay? Um, sometimes it's just a simple outline. Other times it's just something that's on the heart, okay? I, I had this message. It was on my heart, and I um, was, was putting it together and things. And this week, um, it was not, I, I did not, especially like last night is whenever I was feeling like, okay, God, I don't feel like a peace to go forward with this. But just so that you know, there was a preparation, okay? And I'm not saying that for credit. I'm saying that so you don't think I didn't have anything to talk about, okay? Um, I just really, the Holy Spirit reminded me, and especially this morning, he said, you know, it's interesting. He didn't say it like this, but let me just put it in my verbiage. It's interesting how whenever a preacher will go to speak, whenever he has nothing to speak about, no, like, uh, clearance, no, like, just peace of God, but, like, I know that my tendency is to still get up and say, well, I need something, I need something to say, and what if I had nothing to say? And then Miss Beverly, before service, I was talking to her a little bit about that, she said, was it Charles Stanley had a, um, a message one time who, he, uh, he said he didn't have the message, he, he did not get anything that whole week, and, um, and he had went through, and all the way till Saturday night, all the way to Sunday, still nothing, Sunday morning, still nothing, and it's time to preach. Still nothing. And then whenever he steps into the pulpit, that's whenever God had really just downloaded and gave him something. And, uh, and so what I could not shake um, this, this last night was this idea of sharing some of the things that's going on with the shelter. I, I asked uh, Brian and uh, Angie and, and Julie if, uh, if they would be willing to share some testimonies about what God is doing there. And uh, man, there's some uh, really powerful things that God is, is doing. Whenever a person doesn't have hope, it's a very dangerous place to be. You know? And there's so many people that come through those doors that they just lo they're looking for a place to belong. And whenever you're homeless and you're looking for a place to belong, that's a very hard place to be. And you feel like nobody wants you, nobody will have, the, have you. And then, and then what, a, what a clear message from God it is whenever somebody will walk through the doors of a church and be received. You know, sometimes people that would never even darken the doors of a church, right? And so, um, so I don't know who wants to go first. Um, let's have Julie go first. You're the closest. How about that? <laughs> In fact, if you guys want to come on up here, I don't think that anyone is... Angie and Brian, if you guys want to come on up here. And Julie will just begin to share here. Go ahead. Good morning. 
was loud. Um, I think that these guys are probably going to share a lot of, uh, I don't know, testimonies from guests that are staying at the shelter. Something that was on my heart whenever Kent um, asked us, or he asked us late last night, I just wanted to share real quickly, I think one of the biggest things that I see, I'm trying to find a note that I wrote, I'm sorry, I'm distracted. Okay, here it is. One of the biggest things that I see, you know, whenever we as a church, we do the shelter each year, there's kind of, especially the first year, well, I won't say especially, but I noticed that the very first year that we did the shelter, during, you know, because we've, for the last five years, we've only done it through the winter months. And it just, to me, it feels like when we're doing the shelter, there's a fresh life breathed into our church. I just feel that. I see an excitement. I see people getting to minister in ways that they don't throughout the rest of the year. I see hungry people that are, you know, the guests that stay at the shelter. They're just, like he said, broken and looking for a place to belong. And it's just like it brings a fresh life to our, our, our church whenever we're doing that. And I believe that um, the reason for that is what Kent spoke last week um, over at Grace was just taking care of the poor and God taking care of us. You know, and I believe that's why God is calling us to do the shelter full time because that ministry, that work needs to continue. It needs to go on. So... Whenever um, we first started talking about doing the shelter somewhere, trying to find a location to temporarily do it until we had ours, there was something in me that was kind of like protective of it. Like, well, no one else can do the shelter like we can. No one else can host this. This is our thing. Our church does this. It's weird. It's stupid, I know. And it was kind of like, God was exposing in me a little bit of a, a flesh there. A I, don't know, I don't know about jealousy, but it was a protectiveness. Like, nobody can do the shelter like we can. We're special. We stood up and did it when no one else would. It was a pride. That's what the word is, pride. And so God's dealing with me on this. And then when Grace said yes, I was like, oh, okay, they're doing it. You know, they're going to do it, and it's going to be there. And you know, and then stupidness started in my mind. Well, gosh, are they going to get our funding then? Are we going to be able to build our new facility? Just all this stupid stuff that Satan is speaking to my mind. I'm just being real here. I'm <laughs> Love me if you still can, but these are thoughts that were going through my mind. Like, you know, it started to kind of like, well, what's going to happen with this? What if Grace wants to do it now and all the funding goes there and now we have no building and no shelter and we can't build, you know, fear, pride, all this stuff is, and so I go to work with God, like, what is this, God? This is not right. I know these feelings aren't good. This is not, you know, and so um, God just started talking to me. I mean, this was a process. You can read through my, well, I don't want you to, but <laughs> it was a process, and I finally got to this point that God gave to me, and I just want to read it to you this morning, because I believe this is what God's doing right now. It says, God is always looking at the bigger picture, isn't he? Like, I'm so narrow-minded. What about family life? What about family life? And God's looking at the bigger picture. Why would he limit to just one church body when he could impact and bring life to multiple people? We need to create unity where Satan and the flesh tries to cause division. Um, he said to me, it's, it's not our glory. Don't touch it. It's his. It's his glory. The church 
is the bride of Christ, not just family life. <laughs> you know, and I didn't even know these thoughts were in there until he starts exposing them, you know. Like if you would have said that to me, well, yeah, the whole church is the bride of Christ, especially family life, you know. <laughs> it says, God is offering chances to multiple bodies to breathe life in dry places, and who will answer the call? We will, and grace has, and I'm not speaking anything of any churches. This is just what God's doing right here, but I just want to say this, and I don't know. I didn't go to grace. I knew some of the people from Encounter, but when I'm there, you know, we work there now throughout the day. There is a life in that place. I feel it, and I've talked to some that have gone there, and they said they needed that life. They needed that breath of fresh air at their church, and why would God keep that in just one body when it could be spread, you know, and so for me, I mean, there are testimonies I could tell about people I've talked to, um, and I know they're going to share, so I don't want to take up too much time, but for me, the most impactful thing has seen, is seeing God multiply what he has done in family life, and now I see grace, just a life there, just a, a, a godly buzz going on throughout the building. We have youth group there on Wednesday nights, and their youth join in with us, and some other people come back just to look in the room and see life in the youth room again. You know, and not to say that we're anything. God is doing the work. It's God's glory. But why would he not just blow his life and his breath wherever and whoever's hungry, like you said earlier? And so to me, that's just a really exciting aspect of doing the shelter at, at Grace at a different place. It, it impacts us to be able to minister and to reach out to people. It makes us feel alive because that's what we're created for. And so we get to do that there, but they get to do it also. You know, and I know whenever we move to our permanent shelter, there's going to be people from there. They're stuck now. They're like, I'm being a part of that, you know, because it, it, it gives you life to work in your calling, to reach out to people, to be, love on people. You know, and I think that's an aspect that our church body is missing this year, having the shelter over there. And that's part of the reason that we would want to join with them is so that our church body, you know, not everybody can volunteer through the week and through the day. But on Sundays, whenever we all come together and the shelter guests are there, we get to love on them. We get to minister. We get to see them and get to know them from week to week. And it just does, it just brings life because we're doing what God has called us to do. And so that is just a really big testimony for me, is just the multiplication that God wants to do in our community. I hope I didn't talk too long. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> good. Hey, and, and don't be done. Like, if there's something else that pops in your head, don't be telling me about that on the ride home. Come back up here and share it. Isn't that stingy if when we do that, man? Like, um, you know, it's neat because it seems like whatever, like that, that ministry, God really has blessed it, you know, in a lot of ways. And, uh, and there, there are a lot of other churches that, you know, they feel called or compelled to do different things that God's called them to do. And rightfully so. There's, uh, the, the, I think it's called, I think it's First Baptist. Why I struggle with that, like I'm trying to figure out, I think that's what it is. It's not like a hard name. It's like what a bunch of them are called. Um, which is weird. Can't all be first, you know, but uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> there's a comedy sketch in that somewhere. But uh, I think that's what it is, but I think there's other First Baptists in town. I don't know. So anyway, it's the one where Coram Deo is at up on North 37. 
There, there were a couple of people from that church that presented to a group of ministers this, I think it was this past week. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and, and there were a couple of people that go to the church there, and they're like um, in, uh, in their early 70s, I believe. And, and, and the gentleman said, like, we're a couple of the youngest people in the church. And he said, there's only about, you know, a handful of us that go there. He said about 15 or so. And, and then they were telling us about this ministry that they're basically seeking help with, that they're wanting to pass on to someone else to see it continue on um, because it's just where it's at and what they feel God's led them to do. But I'm listening to this and I'm like, oh my gosh, this one church, this you call just this one little church with these people that would have all kinds of different reasons or excuses to not do something like this. They're, they're doing something that's making an impact where they do, I think it's called the brown bag something, brown bag ministry, something like that, to where like they feed school children on the weekends, on a lot of the weekend, most of the weekends while they're in school. And I think they do some, well, I think there's another program that's out there for the summer, but it's like, man, it's like, and here they are, just like 15 people or around 15 elderly people that are not taking like any excuses to step aside. And there are other churches that do different things. So it's really, I just convey that because it's not our heart to you know, it's like the shelter ministry is the only thing, you know, it's the best thing, but it's not the only, no. Well, of course, we would feel passionate about it, but I feel like anything that the shelter touches gets blessed. I really do, man. I feel like that. And, and I can't share, like, just, like, details and things, but, you know, um, one, of the, one of the connections there is with Angie here, who uh, is at Goodwill, and they, <laughs> Goodwill blesses us. That Well, not us, I never give me anything, but, like, they bless our guests. <laughs> Ain't offered me anything for free. They charge me double. They say, oh, there's Kent. It's double the price. Um, but, like, they, they bless them with, like, I mean, like, all the clothes that they would need, really, where they're at in this time and stuff, and, and shoes and all this stuff, and, uh, and how that has blessed Goodwill in ways that I can't say, but it's, like, awesome and undeniable. And, uh, and so, Angie, you could almost testify about that, but I don't know what all you can say. Really? Can, can you? Can I bring this to you and you do? All right. Listen, to, check this out, guys. Do I have to stand? No. You have to do cartwheels. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, we've always um, done pretty good at my store. Uh, but when we started blessing um, the shelter ministry, we went from a six, $700,000 a year store to a $1.7 million store. That was in one year. We're on track for $2.4 million now. And, and I know it didn't change until the shelter ministry started coming and us giving them clothes. It didn't change until then. We were just a constant same dollar amount until then. And it's like, and you know, it dawned on me a few months ago, and I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't even realize this because my boss, you know, was calling, checking on me and stuff. And, and he's like, don't worry about your job. You're already a $1.7 million store. And I'm like, wait, wait what? <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to send you the numbers for you to look at. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, and that gave me an opportunity to tell you that because I was so proud of it. I was like, wow, I knew God was blessing us, but I had no idea until he said that how much. Yeah. You know, you see the monthly numbers, but looking at the annual numbers, sure. looking at the annual numbers is a completely different story. It's like. Wow, and the percentages, I mean, we've increased every month 33%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. You know, we're not doing anything else special. 
that, where that came from was whenever I'd asked her, I said, hey, we don't want to be a burden or anything, so should we, you know, and she was like, no, make sure you send them, like, there's, God's really in that, and so, uh, so we appreciate that, and, and it's just like, whatever the shelter touches, you know, it seems like it gets blessed, and so, you know, if, if you need to be blessed, just go walk through, and uh, soak it in, no, um, so I think, what, Angie, you want to go next? Make, make Brian stand up here longer? <laughs> All right. No, I'm not. <laughs> no. Um, so there's been so many testimonies this year. I got Denise. She came homeless the day that we opened up, you know. And she just knows that was God working in her life from day one. And she's been continuing to pursue things. She's got dreams that God has laid on her heart that she's getting ready to pursue and follow. So she's getting ready to pursue her calling that God's laid on her life. And that's just amazing with her. Um, I'm trying to say yesterday's for last, but <laughs> it was so good yesterday. But um, also Friday we had... They have NA and AA that meets there on Wednesdays and Fridays. Well, Friday we had a guy come in that came at the beginning when we opened up, and then, you know, he got restored with his mom. He also got a job, all within all that, but he came to that meeting all the way from Mound City, and he had wrote his first poem. And I kind of just wanted to share his poem. It's really good. It says, I see freedom every day. Addiction is what locked me away. But through the glory of God, he gave me the chance to beat the odds. I am no longer locked in this jail. He gave me the love to never fail. My life now is full of his love, the healing light from God above. We will always have these daily struggles that is full of life's trouble, troubles. But only when I scream his name, I will never be this in shame. I want to make this glorious change. Uh, so my life will never be the same.